Welcome to the Harmony Perspective, where we talk about real churches with real pastors facing real issues. Hey folks, I want to welcome you to the Harmony Perspective podcast. It's fall, y'all. How you doing, guys? I'm doing good. Doing good. Getting cooler outside, so makes a fat man happy. And, and actually, this week, is that not cooler at no, all, right? Not, it it no. feels like second or third summer we, in the we South. We live in South Carolina. But, but we are thankful that cool weather is coming. And, uh, you know, that's uh, pumpkin and sweaters and everything fall. Deer season. Deer season. Yeah. Um, yes, I'm with you. I don't see Patrick wearing a sweater, though. No, no. One of those sweater vests, maybe. I have a that. natural sweater. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, folks, for the visual. <laughs> this is why we don't put it on YouTube where you can see us. So, today we are talking or asking the question, are small groups really worth it? Um, so I think behind that question, we have to define a couple of things, guys. Well, first off, what is a small group? And uh, secondly, what do we mean by is it worth it, right? So we are trading something for the process of going through small group discipleship at Harmony, and, and that's oftentimes um, our time. We're trading maybe our uh, bank account because we're spending a little money doing this, and uh, you know, even also we're opening up ourselves, so a little bit of that. Uh, vulnerability that we're trading. So there's a lot of things that we're, yeah, discomfort. So there's a lot of things that we are giving. So the big question is, is it worth it? So I got to ask this question, what are small groups? A little bit of a buzzword, but what are they? Yeah, I think in in the way we've come to define it, it's any intentional gathering uh, of, we'll say between two and 20 people. That, that gather around God's word to be disciple, to grow in their faith, to fellowship with one another and worship the Lord. So even in a nominal-sized church, a small church, you know, you can still blend in, right? So you can come to worship service, and you can blend in, and you can never go deeper than that. And we think at Harmony, attending worship is crucial to the life of a disciple, right? So being involved in worship and uh, be involved in corporate worship. Um, but really, we challenge folks to go a step further. So I love how you say intentional, because it's not just the group of guys who meet and you know drink a cup of coffee at the Bojangles Talk or the Hardys. Yeah. So, I mean, who does that? By the way, I'm not sure. Um, so... But, you know, it's not just meeting with a group of folks, but meeting with some intention behind it. You know who does that? The guys off King of the Hill. They, they <laughs> standing out there by the driveway. So that is not a small group, right? No. So, um, so the intentionality behind it. So I'm meeting together, but I'm meeting together for a purpose, and that purpose to help each other grow in the relationship uh, with the Lord. And it goes a little bit deeper than that as well. So um, we've started to turn – that term a little bit to life groups, I believe, um, is what we've talked about recently. And and that's because we're seeing people not just meet up in groups to intentionally talk about God's Word and grow that way, but also just doing life together. So meeting outside of those groups, you may have 10 or 12, 20 people in your life group or small group, but it's also meeting those needs. So whenever you see one of your group members that's 
essentially over some time become your family member in a way, uh, meeting those needs that they may have, or just spending time together, going out and doing life together, and, uh, and building those relationships that grow deep so that you can have those conversations during small group that go deep, uh, that can challenge one's faith, that can challenge where somebody's struggles uh, may be, and tra- challenge them to come up out of those struggles in a God-glorifying manner. Yeah, for sure. So small group discipleship at Harmony looks like uh, men's groups that meet on Wednesday nights, women's groups that meet midweek. It's also these life groups that TJ talks about. Um, but it's also a group of like-minded believers who are, you know, exercising together and walking around a walking track, but with some intentionality behind it. You know, it's groups that meet at a local restaurant and uh, study God's Word together. Um, so all of those are different opportunities to get smaller. Um, TJ mentions this idea of, of life groups. We are in the process of almost changing our terminology at Harmony from what we used to call in-home small groups to now considering them as life groups. And I heard a, uh, a speaker recently define life groups this way, and I, and I think it's really beautiful for what we want to create with small group discipleship at Harmony and, and what I would challenge you to create if you're trying to do this uh, in your own church or your own family. So life group, uh, L-I-F-E, um, the win for that is to learn and live out God's word. Um, so that L, learn and live out God's word, that I invite others to be followers of Christ. Um, so that's the evangelistic piece. You know, F, form deeper relationships. And then the E is engage in acts of service. So actually take our faith and do something with it. Um, so I love the fact that you can take that word life and begin to unpack it for what is the wind? You know, what do we really want to see when people gather together? Not only are they learning God's word, that's kind of the head knowledge, but we're beginning to live it out. So we're fleshing it out in our life. Uh, we're inviting others evangelistically, evangelistically to, to come to this group, to be Christ followers, to invite them on this journey with us. We're growing deeper with each other, and then we're getting out and we're going. We're serving and we're using our talents to be able to build the kingdom. So. Uh, that's what we're doing in terms of life groups. But, you know, small group doesn't have to look like around uh, someone's kitchen table. Like we said, it can be any of those type of instances where we're intentionally trying to grow deeper in faith. Really, it's it's following the way of the master, right? When you, when you look at Jesus, it's exactly what he did. Um, Mark 3, verses 13 through uh, 19 is where he called the 12 for the first time. And he, he chose 12 guys, one of which would fall away. He chose these men to pour into and gave them authority to cast out demons and sent them out to preach. And so through his investment day by day, walking with them for three years, he, he passed on what he wanted them to do as he left. And that's really what we want to do uh, with our small group. So surely there were times where they laughed together and times where they ate together and times where they uh, were walking down the road together. And each of those times, he found those teachable moments. And that's what we really want to have happen in just an organic way. And so you put people together and they see value in that uh, and seeing other, it's this combination, right, of older believers or, or more mature spiritually believers and, and younger believers, those that are not as spiritually mature, so that there's not one central person, this, the teacher, uh, certainly Jesus was, but in our time, we, we learn from each other 
and the Holy Spirit is our teacher. And so we, we study God's Word, we look at it together, and, and we hear these ideas and these questions that come from this broad spectrum of spiritual maturity, and everybody learns from that as they invest in it. And, and I love the idea, even with Jesus, so he had his 12, but what did he have at a deeper level? He had three guys that he went kind of heart to heart with at an even deeper level, so Peter, James, and John. Um, so I think that's what we we are trying to model here is going smaller. Um, TJ, I think you put it best one time where you said, uh, think smaller to reach bigger. Um, so that's a, a pretty cool phrase, um, but intentionally trying to go a little bit deeper, a little bit smaller. And uh, I say it this way, go eyeball to eyeball, heart to heart, maybe even knee to knee with someone. And God does something in those type of instances uh, where we can actually get real with our faith. So this idea, obviously a biblical idea, um, started a couple thousand years ago um, in the early church, and this is how they were meeting. Uh, but as far as traditional churches, we've seen in the last century at least that it's been hard to start these small groups with some traditional mindsets of uh, you know, churches Sunday morning in the sanctuary only. Uh, Harmony, where we're at, is 186, 87 years old? 182. 182. <laughs> um, so with that, what's the foundation that these small groups are built on, and how did this even come to happen in a 182-year-old church? Well, really, it tracks back to about uh, 10 years ago where the previous pastor, Woody Oliver, was here and wanted to see the church glorify God in the way that it existed and the way it reached this community. And so as he looked around, though, he saw that not many of the people had, had grown spiritually in quite a while. And so he had to see what was the best way to get them to grow. And he, he stumbled upon a, a training uh, called Immersion, which is about small group discipleship. And so he took a, a group from the church, uh, those that had uh, passion for the church and were invested in its growth. And he took those men and their wives and they went to this training and, and learned about small group discipleship. And from there, uh, the, the vision for the small group ministry that we have today was birthed. And those, those men and women grabbed a hold of that. And as we moved away from just a Sunday morning and a, and a church centric uh, idea of discipleship to a uh, or a church building centric idea of discipleship to a uh, holistic view of it where people were doing this with their lives in their homes away from uh, the church building it's just grown and grown and people have gravitated to it now Ben Ben talked about it a, uh, a bit ago we've got groups meeting at Denny's a local restaurant and uh, at Bojangles whenever the dining room's back open and uh, in people's homes and at a walking trail so it, there's just it opens itself up to, to all these different presentations of it with the same purpose behind it to see people grow in Christ and, and it's not just sprinkling a little bit of Jesus onto our hobby right so that's not what we're talking about but that intentionality behind it to say yeah we may be going hunting or we may be going biking or we may be going walking um, but we're going to make sure each other grow and uh, it's been pretty awesome so you know, you may be asking yourself, well, hey, you know, well, what kind of benefits, uh, you know, 
would come to my church or me spiritually for being involved in a small group. Um, so, you know, at Harmony, we have a list of stuff. And even in the last few weeks, we've seen God continue to show us what it looks like when people become fully engaged disciples. They're involved in this discipleship process. You know, I think back a, a few weeks ago, we had our annual uh, kind of town hall meeting. And it's a touch point where our church family hears the vision from each of the ministry leaders, but also where we've been and where we're headed and uh, talk about financial things and mission and vision. And what was cool was as we surveyed that room that night with the, you know, 50 to 100 folks that were there, 95% of them were engaged in some sort of small group discipleship. So the thing that I would throw out on the table is you see engagement. You know, when people buy into their faith and go deeper, they're engaged in what's going on. And they're engaged in the life of the ministry, not just a Sunday morning only pew sitter, um, you know, come when they feel like it. These folks are entrenched in the ministry of the church. Um, so that's one of the things I've seen. How about you guys? What what type of benefits have you seen personally, but also corporately as a church? Yeah, so I think looking over the past year, this course of this year, which has been, you know, we're still kind of in this COVID season. We're still, you know, navigating through it somewhat. Um from adults to children alike, we've seen uh, baptisms this year. And those baptisms aren't just because there's a kid wanting to do it because another kid you know, has done that. It's been through intentional conversations, through either our after-school program um, or through our kids' ministry program. Um, I've got a few students that I've had great conversations with, and uh, you know, this seems to be walking down the, a, a correct road, a right path. Um, Patrick, how many baptisms have we seen this year that you think are from natural, organic conversations and relationships through discipleship? Right, we, we baptized 20 this year, um, and, and that, that was my kind of emphasis on this was the growth of the church, right? It, it's, and when I say that, it's not about the numerics, right? So those, those 20 people that were baptized were baptized because believers were growing in Christ and beginning to share their faith and walk alongside people in our student ministry, in our adult ministry, so that people are, are coming to faith. Uh, but it's the growth of the church from a spiritual standpoint, not a numerical standpoint, that I think makes all the difference. Very true. And we even saw this past Sunday uh, the opportunity to ordain um, new deacons to serve our church and it's so cool that um, we ordained three young men and all three are involved in intentional small group discipleship so both life groups but also these smaller gatherings um, where they're they're intentionally uh, growing in their faith so uh, that is cool it, it's almost becoming the dna i'd like to say we cut ourselves and we're bleeding small group discipleship. So that that's what we're proud of. You know, it doesn't all come easy, right? So, I mean, quickly, you know, we have uh, hurdles that we have to overcome. And uh, TJ, at the very beginning, we talked about that investment of time and that investment of, of dollars. You know, it, it takes time in an already busy schedule to invest in someone's life. Um, but you've had somebody do it to you. So let me ask you, is it worth it? It's absolutely worth it. Um you know, my, my personal story about me being here comes from small group discipleship. Uh, there was one of the leaders that uh, Patrick was talking about that was part of the first go-around into that immersion process invited me to church. Um, 
and then invited me to his small group at his home to where we met in that small group. And he had just genuine conversations with me about God's Word and about what God's Word meant and applications for my life and challenging me. Uh, and then a few few years later, uh, I'm being ordained into the ministry and then coming on board here full-time uh, as staff. And and so it's absolutely worth it. There was things that that particular leader had to work with me through. Um, I'm not the easiest person to love sometimes and to work with sometimes, I'm sure, but he had to walk through some of my difficult times. He had to walk through some of the, the struggles and challenges of my life with me and not just leave me there by myself. And uh, and it's not that you just have to shoot out the best advice all the time. It's that you just, you're in the trenches with the people that you're discipling, and that's what he was willing to do. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges uh, that I see sometimes, that, that I would want to do my part in discipleship and and I w- I strongly want others to do their part in discipleship. Um, I have to remember that I can only do my part. God's going to do His part, and that we're praying for others to do their part. But as others start to do their part, that means that I'm in the trenches with them. I'm working through messy relationships, and Patrick says it all the time: loving people is messy, and uh, that's one of the biggest challenges I see sometimes working through those struggles um, without derailing somebody and telling them something wrong, you know, you never want to do that. So that's one of the my hurdles. And, and I think a bigger one, uh, even from the messiness, is helping people change gears to where they see that this is what a disciple is supposed to do, right. where they, they see it in Matthew 28, you know, 18 through 20, where Jesus tells them to go and make disciples, that this is what we're called to do. And it's not a job, it's not a duty, it is a joyful opportunity to walk with others as they walk with the Lord. That that should be something that fills us up as believers, because it's the work of the Spirit of God to grow them. It's our job to connect the two and to walk alongside them as the Spirit moves them, and, and to point out the, the ways that the Spirit's moving them and changing them. Uh, and for a traditional church, that can be hard sometimes because um, uh, for a long time we just made pew sitters instead of disciples, and so um, that that's a difficulty in and of itself. Now, I'm going to jump in here real quick, Ben. Um, since we're hanging on this question, what's the main challenges and how they're overcome kind of deal, you being our discipleship pastor, you kind of lead the whole, the whole overarching you know, scheme of things from the planning and strategic side of things, plus the relational side of things. What do you see as the discipleship pastor to be some of the main challenges? Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the challenges that I think that we see Patrick hit on it a moment ago is simply, it's simply the, um, getting folks broke out of the traditional church mindset. Um, so, you know, I think, more folks have been ruined by traditional church than they realize, myself included. Um, so breaking out of this idea that discipleship looks like a class with a teacher behind a podium, sitting in rows. Um, we like to say at Harmony that you learn best or disciples are made better in circles versus rows. So just understanding and kind of people breaking out of that mold, um, but also just seeing people that uh, realize that they have a need for it. And I think little by little, as folks see the change that happens in others' lives, uh, they begin to, through the Spirit, be drawn to that. 
Uh, Patrick said something a moment ago that I think is so impactful for me. It's sometimes I sit there and I think, well, what? How do I do this? How do I disciple someone? Uh, you know, what words do I say to them? And my experience over the last few years is that when the Holy Spirit's working in someone's life, then you're literally riding shotgun to what God is doing in that person's life. And uh, all glory goes to Him because we cannot help someone grow. The Spirit is the person that's going to help someone grow. So I'm so thankful for uh, the, the best co-worker in that ministry of discipleship, which is the Holy Spirit. So, folks, if you're interested in more information on discipleship, we alluded to a couple of resources. One of those resources is found at Real Life Ministries in Post Falls, Post Falls Idaho, and uh, that's Jim Putnam. He has great resources you can find on Amazon. But if you also just have some questions about how's that fleshed out in a church, I want you to reach out to us. Our email address is theharmonyperspective at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, ask some questions, and love to help uh, guide you on your discipleship journey. Um, So that's all the time we have for today. We want to thank you for joining us at The Harmony Perspective. Guys, anything as we finish up? Turn your phone off and go make disciples. (laughs) Jesus commanded it. Do it. See ya.